Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. A big win for the Georgia Dogs last night in Indianapolis. A game that started slow, a defensive struggle, became heated in the fourth quarter as it was just the third time since 1998 that there were multiple lead changes in the fourth quarter of a college football championship game. So it got exciting at the end. Georgia tops Alabama and wins its first national championship since 1980. Meanwhile, I would not consider the New York Times' college writer Billy Wirtz a big fan of the host city of Indianapolis. He cited the cold weather and icy conditions in the city. He bemoaned the selection of Indy as the host city and said this edition of the college football title game felt like, quote, a price-gouging Siberian getaway, end quote. Ouch. Well, next year's game will be in balmier weather. Next year will be in SoFi Stadium. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet said it was one of the loudest environments he could remember in a CFP title game. So a lot of takeaways from Indianapolis and the college football championship game. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Tuesday, January 11th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcor. Hope everybody is doing well. We'll stay with college football. No expansion of the college football playoff yet. The leaders of the CFP met in Indianapolis for a couple of days. They failed to agree on expanding the current four-team field, but they didn't rule out the possibility it could still happen. and could happen before the end of the current 12-year contract, which runs through the 2025 season. We have certainly talked a lot about this process on the Buzzcast. And yes, there are plenty of issues still to resolve. And the leaders aren't coming off or moving from their positions. These are the same positions we have talked about for months, and it's become a waiting game. There remains support for a four-team playoff, an eight-team playoff, a 12-team playoff. There isn't a consensus on revenue distribution the future of the bowl games, and even whether the Power Five conference champions should be given automatic bids. As Bob Bowlesby said, it felt like Groundhog Day. So while there's no agreement yet, many remain optimistic about expansion and said that the commissioners will meet again in a few weeks to continue their discussion. So a waiting game on expansion of the college football playoff. So let's shift to the NFL. Okay, what were your biggest surprises on Black Monday? Well, to me, the biggest was in Miami, where Stephen Ross moved on from third-year head coach Brian Flores, hinted at some front office tension between Brian Flores and team general manager Chris Greer. Could have mentioned others as well. Right now, apparently Chris Greer, the GM, has won any apparent power struggle that may have taken place. I will say I was a bit surprised because I know how enthusiastic and encouraged both Stephen Ross and team president Tom Garfinkel were when they hired Brian Flores. Brian Flores will not be out of work Long. I was surprised that the Vikings cleaned house as they did around Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. 
clearly the Wilfs want a change in the tenor and direction of the front office. And two longtime families are on the hot seat. Two longtime uh, football ownership families. First, Bears chair George McCaskey is certainly facing the heat in Chicago as he and longtime team president Ted Phillips will lead the search for another new general manager. Ted Phillips said he will consult with Bill Polian and there will also be a diverse staff committee as part of the interview process. One major change, the new general manager will report directly to George McCaskey and not Ted Phillips. But this isn't going well overall in Chicago at all. There's real doubt in McCaskey and Phillips's leadership. I have never seen so much anti-McCaskey sentiment in that market. And the well-respected John Mara of the New York Giants is facing a really key decision, who he will decide to replace outgoing general manager Dave Gettleman. John Mara has a big decision to make on the future direction of the franchise. Will the Giants go outside the building, outside the organization to hire a general manager? That would be very unlike the team. But John Mara said yesterday they would have a comprehensive search, and that hinted that the team would look inside and outside the building. But there was a lot of pressure on John Mara to get this hire right. He is well-respected in football and NFL circles, but the pressure from the New York market and among the fans, that's grown tremendously on him. Meanwhile, the future of head coach Joe Judge is certainly uncertain, but ownership apparently doesn't want to move on from another head coach so soon, but any new general manager will have a key say in the future of Joe Judge. I mean, I always find this time of year fascinating, right? Very successful business executives, sports owners, find it incredibly difficult to match that success on the gridiron. You will see owners over the next few weeks use everything at their disposal, money, influence, uh, consultants, environment, a network to recruit their next general manager or coach. It's an incredibly difficult endeavor. There's no blueprint guaranteeing success. Traditionally, remember, it was you hired the general manager and let the general manager hire the coach. But that has changed. Every owner I've talked to over the years has told me that selecting the coach was the most important and difficult decision they've ever made. And remember, the coach of 2022, they think differently than their predecessors. They likely have more leverage than ever. Coaches understand they are the face of the franchise and they are using that leverage for more power. Coaches want to make final personnel decisions. They want to control the 53-man game day roster. Some of them don't even want to do any business side team obligations or marketing obligations. There's no one way for ownership to see success here. Each owner's approach is different. No coach is the same. I always look for alignment. Is the owner on the same page with the team president, on the same page on the general manager and the coach on vision and philosophy? You know, I do wonder who will be the first owner to really think differently, to bring in a general manager or director of player personnel or director of football from way outside traditional scouting or the football operation side. That will be interesting. And that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. But I can tell you one thing for sure. We'll be back here on the Buzzcast next year at the same time talking about the same topic, trying to find and organization's next set of football leaders. Interesting news from the New York Post, Andrew Marchand, who reports that Apple 
has had talks about carrying Major League Baseball games. This would be for a package of midweek games that other networks have passed on. Our John Oran reports that talks are still in the very early stages, but this is worth watching, of course, because if Apple gets in with Major League Baseball, it would certainly be noteworthy. And finally, a hat tip to Jerry Cifarelli. Jerry Cifarelli retired on December 31st from the company he founded, ANC. Why is this important? When you watch a baseball game, a football game, any sports event on television, and you see signage around the venue, well, you can thank Jerry Cifarelli. He has spent more than three decades all focused on display technology and advertising signage in venues. He started at Dorna, USA, where he introduced advertising behind home plates in baseball. And then he went to Van Wagner. He left Van Wagner and founded ANC or ANC Sports in 1997. And that was backed by the late Celtics owner, Alan Cohen. And ANC developed the first ribbon boards. They did the first LED signage. They did the first center-hung scoreboard. So yes, all those venues, all that signage in venues, all gets pointed back to one of the pioneers in the business, Jerry Cifarelli, who has retired as of December 31st. Congratulations again to the 66-year-old Cifarelli, who isn't retiring in full. He's retiring from ANC. I look for him to stay engaged and connected to the sports business, but a real pioneer is Jerry Cifarelli. And finally, nominations for this year's Sports Business Awards, always a big night in the industry, are due next Tuesday, January 18th. To learn more and submit an entry, go to our website or just let me know. But entries are due next Tuesday, January 11th. So a pretty busy day in sports business. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Tuesday, January 11th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great day. Please stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.